0: In a world of what are you's, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Some Kind of Brown. I am so excited because today and, well, next week too, we have a guest back who was actually the first guest of this podcast. This is my second time recording this intro and I just heads up the first few minutes my responses are gonna sound fuzzy because of course as every podcaster has to go through at least once i think the program i was using recorded off of my computer mic and not my beautiful mic that's in front of me right now so put up with my and little responses in the beginning and let's welcome back So from asian self and mixed present
1: It's lit. Oh my god. Hello. Hello. We've reunited. Nat and Soph. Dynamic duo. Some kind of brown, some kind of yellow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that That's a good dynamic duo. <laughs>
1: yeah. So
0: we're talking about Asian American Pacific Islander Month, which I've been telling people that I'm doing this and it A lot of people don't know that this is a thing.
1: Ah, yeah, let's get into that. You know why people don't know it's a thing? Obama was the one who declared this the official month in, what, May 2014? It might have been 2015. This is recent, girl.
0: Is it? Because I saw something that has it back in the 90s. I don't
1: know about that. As far as I know, it was Obama that did it. Well... I could be wrong, though.
0: (laughs) We'll give Obama credit for now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't think about it too long. Don't think about it too long. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, but basically, in terms of like people talking about this and actually celebrating this month and, you know, speaking about it, it's only popped up on my radar that people are really doing it in these last couple years and it's you know slowly more and more mentions on it and people trying to make it a big deal but you know clearly obviously it's not enough most people don't know about it yeah and I feel like that's very representative of the AAPI experience for those of you who don't know that stands for Asian American Pacific Islander um so the AAPI experience you know is very is just people easily dismissing us and being invisible Feel like it's quite symbolic that nobody knows that we have our own month, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I think you know a portion of that problem is that a lot of AAPI tend to to stick to themselves, like hang out with mostly other AAPI. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing for us is we need to branch out a lot more and lead by example. And it's it's really tough. I think AAPI, without saying it out loud, tend to question other groups of people. And I know that's also very common in the Black community as well. Yes. Yeah. But they're, they speak about that. You know, they're pretty vocal about that stuff. Whereas AAPI, it's, it's a similar, you know, reaction, but it's not really spoken about, you know?
0: Definitely not outside of the community either. It tends to be more tight knit.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is we need to speak out more. We have a growing representation in this country. And then, you know, we just need to keep going with that. I mean, I need to try to educate others. I mean, I went on my Insta story. I posted on Mixed Present and on my actual page, Asian underscore Sof, shameless plug. <laughs> and, you know, went on a whole thing about it. And, you know, for people to really take this time, learn at least one new thing. You know, a lot of people right. don't know about a history and, girl we are going to be getting into some of the tea. And I got dates and I got laws and I got all sorts of things that I cannot wait to drop some gems on. I'm here for the tea, so. Oh, you, you had me at we're bringing the tea? <laughs> Put the damn kettle on, girl. Shit. Okay, <laughs> so I feel like whenever people talk about this month, they're always talking about how proud they are to be API that's fabulous. And you know, we should have a lot of pride in ourselves. And we should speak out about that more. I feel like our, co- our community in general isn't loud enough about what we're happy about. And I, yeah. I think we are slowly becoming that way more and more present like I'm seeing it a lot more on Instagram and stuff like that like a lot more stuff coming through from like major platforms like BuzzFeed HuffPost mm-hmm. that sort of thing so you know and a, a lot of YouTubers and stuff like that I think the rise of mukbang
0: oh my gosh who doesn't have mukbangs? did
1: I just say that wrong mukbang <laughs> <laughs> these mukbang it is, but uh, Mukban is not Mukbang. It is. It sounds different, but it it sounds the same. But it's different. There's a oh, restaurant, no. <laughs> a Korean restaurant called Mukban. So I just got that in my head. But anyway, I digress. But I think a lot of people don't know about our history in America.
0: I would agree with you because. Uh, I don't know even we talked a little bit last time about the internment camps and people don't really know about that and that was major people don't know about the things that happened with the Chinese and the railroad.
1: Oh, it's about to get lit girl. (laughs) We are serving said tea now. Okay, so I mean, we are considered the invisible I mean, we're considered the model minority we are considered Mm -hmm. the invisible minority we have got a lot of different things going on here. But a lot of people don't know about our own history here and, you know, our memory needs to be served in a part of our consciousness so we can move towards a society that is actually just and is actually understanding we're going to get into some dates, we're going to get into some times, and it's going to start. So in a North America, we've been the silent immigrants. We have a long history of immigration, and it's pretty much glossed over and forgotten, which is terrible.
0: Right along with how we took Hawaii. Let's talk about that.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. If Asian Americans don't have... The proper representation, Pacific Islanders, like, have nothing. Yeah. Like, it's so minuscule compared to us, and we already are pretty small as it is, so we'll definitely get into that. Our history is just laden and tarnished with racism, and it has inhibited our growth as well. The API immigration to the United States it began around the mid 1800s with the annexation of California in 1846. Um, They opened the doors for the gold rush to Asian laborers, and that was a significant wave of Chinese immigrants that came through from 1848 to 1855. So we had a prominent role in the gold rush. Nobody knows about that, okay? (laughs) And it's crazy. So you know, at the beginning of that, the Chinese they were tolerated you know at best and as it was more and more difficult to find gold tensions grew Mm -hmm. and then eventually they were pushed out of the gold mines and many were forced to take low wage jobs such as like you know working in laundromats or you know restaurants or anything like that. The Chinese were seen as an expendable commodity. I mean, all Asians in general for a time, you know, we had an influx of Laotians come through and stuff like that as well. Yeah. All considered expendable commodities. And so they were pretty much considered imports to help build the transcontinental railroad road at one point because they were expendable they were given the most dangerous work which included like placing and detonating dynamite on the tracks right that's the just the men coming in for the labor the women They suffered in silence, you know, their culture, they, you know, Asians come from a culture where their position and their role is defined by men. So on top of that, they come through and they were used also as laborers and field workers working all day. Some of them have baby strapped to their backs as well. And then they would go home, cook dinner, clean up after the men, that sort of thing. On top of that, Asians were the only group barred from naturalization by Congress in 1870. So they're coming in for all of this labor, low-paying labor, and they weren't even allowed to become citizens for a time.
0: In that time period, a lot of the focus is put on slavery and rightly so in the South. A lot of the focus is there. But at the same time, you had mass lynchings of Chinese people.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so, you know, in 1870, Congress passed a law made Asian immigrants the only racial group barred from naturalization to U.S. citizenship, the only racial group. In 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act suspended the immigration of Chinese laborers for 10 years. And then this was actually extended indefinitely and then not lifted until 1943. And then there was the 1917 Immigration Act that further limited Asian immigration that banned immigration from all countries in Asia. Then we have incidents like the Chinese Massacre of 1871, which was a Mm -hmm. race riot on October 24th in Los Angeles, California, where a mob of 500 white people, I think it was like white and mestizo persons, they came into Chinatown, they attacked, they robbed and murdered Chinese residents. Between 17 and 20 were hanged. I mean, that's even like an estimation, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. They said that there actually might be more, but the records on that were iffy. Yeah,
1: and then all convictions in that scenario, in that situation, were overturned due to technicalities. Ain't that about a bitch?
0: (laughs) When I first read about that, which was a while ago, I was... (laughs) I I would say stunned, but you know what? I'm not surprised
1: anymore. You can't be surprised. You literally can't be surprised. And then, okay, let's go into another thing. The Seattle Riot of 1886. It happened February 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. And it resulted in the forced removal of 200 Chinese from the area. The Tacoma Riot of 1885, which became known as the Chinese Expulsion of Tacoma. June 1982 was the murder of Vincent Chin... He was murdered in Detroit in Highland Park he was beaten to death by two white men over unemployment tensions. This is this is just select yeah. scenarios of just what happened to Chinese people. Like forget other like Asians like we're just focusing on Chinese people right now. I think there's a lot of people who don't actually know situations like this occurred in the first place and I think this is a good month to be like Let's, you know, I know Lunar New Year is fun and we have great food and ramen (laughs) is the shit, but, you know, let's clear away those pretty curtains and let's get down to it and talk about the real history of Asians in this country. I
0: think part of the problem is when you had slavery in the civil rights movement, I almost want to say there's like this culture of be silent and bear it in a lot of Asian cultures. Mm -hmm. There were a few people who rose up, but... Instead of rising up and trying to fight for those things, they, a lot of Asian, Ameri- or Asian immigrants tried to keep their heads down.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think a prominent example of this is we can talk about in February 19th, 1942, Franklin Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9066, which decreed certain areas, military zones, and it led to the internment of Japanese Americans Mm -hmm. in these internment camps. And I know that we talked about that, but I'm going to continue to talk about it, girl. Go ahead. Because actually, I think we might have spoken about it in our initial podcast episodes, but they're actually cutting funding to these, to, to the preservation of these sites. No, we
0: did not talk about that, and I haven't heard that.
1: Girl! Yep. President Agent Orange himself, yes. Oh, gosh. You know what? At some of these camps, they were built in former livestock pens where they had residual manure on the ground, and they had armed guards in camps surrounded by barbed wire.
0: Well, you know, I'm originally from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. I say that, like, I've been in Michigan for so long, I've been here for, like, two months. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was an internment camp in Arkansas and yep. there's actually a museum there. And I cannot imagine cutting funding to educating people. There's just so few resources that are talking about them. Why would you cut funding to those few things that call attention to the history that happened here.
1: You know, And I, I think it's because there's just people who are like, don't talk about that stuff. It's divisive. It encourages racism. I'm yeah. like, you don't want us to talk about the racism that has happened to us as people that we still suffer from, that we bear the scars from.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy in that. When you have Confederate monuments, mm-hmm. it's it's remembering history. But when people start putting things up for lynching victims or internment camp people are like oh no that's that's too much that will make people feel guilty for something that happened we, we don't talk about that
1: yeah and uh, is that not just proof enough of white privilege and white supremacy in this country
0: it's definitely proof of where p- people want to put the focus exactly uh as a joke when i was <laughs> when i told my partner <laughs> i was gonna be talking about this uh, he pulled up What percentage of the population was white? Just because he was curious. He's like, well, where's my month? As a joke. I promise he was joking.
1: I was about to be like, girl?
0: (laughs) No, he was joking.
1: Throw the whole man out.
0: (laughs) We're we're keeping the man. (laughs) He is... 100% supportive of all the things we're talking about
1: (laughs) No, I assume, I assume
0: (laughs) But it's 76% white right now And even without knowing that We know who dominates the media Who dominates society And there's been a lot of fear-mongering In the last two or three years About uh, white people are just going to be raised from this country And that rallying point... Which is
1: wild.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Is wild. And people use that fear as an excuse to keep minorities in these positions where our history is blocked. We can't rise. We're kept out of certain things Mm -hmm. as much as possible because people want to maintain that majority.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, you know, people they just don't want to feel like they have to answer to anything or they don't have to feel mm-hmm. guilty. Well, is knowing history and remembering it technically like, is that why are you viewing it as guilt? I mean, it's like, you know, in high school where we got finally got to read a book about a black person. And someone was and well, this white boy was just like, well, I just couldn't find anyone I could relate to in this story. And it's like, Oh my god, I you know how many stories I read that I don't find anybody that I can relate to? Like don't give me that just because it's not about you for once and I think that that's that yeah. privilege and that's that idea that subconscious idea.
0: And that's a that's a strange thing for someone to say because I grew up inhaling books and I didn't need someone to be my race to empathize with them.
1: Yeah, white men are something. <laughs> not all of them obviously but mine's fine
0: we're we're (laughs) keeping mine
1: (laughs) yeah no but you know I find that people who make a lot of comments like that I mean they tend to be a certain type of person you know
0: yeah it's it's mind-boggling
1: but I mean you know back to the we were talking about the Japanese internment camps right so you know all of that I mean they just the camp conditions in general were horrible and these incidents with the Chinese and just how in general Asian laborers were viewed at the time and then the internment camps, plus discriminatory laws that existed beforehand. There were laws in place that prohibited Asian Americans from owning land in certain areas. The creations of Chinatowns and pockets where there's a lot of Asians concentrated in certain areas, that's not an accident I feel like people think the creation of pockets of racial groups throughout this country was an accident. Ghettos don't exist for no reason.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I, this might be bad to say, but I feel like Asian Americans in this country have gone through some, some of the same things that Black people have in this country, and yet there's this
1: weird... I don't want to say animosity. Oh, no. These weird feelings good, between the that's two That's a good groups. word for it. No, that's a good word for it. And I actually, I got some tea prepared on that too, which we can get into. But, you know, just to finish up what we were talking about in terms of the Japanese internment camps, I mean, I think it's important to take away from that that the Japanese were interned.
0: Yes. And
1: they had a special unit in the military created when they finally allowed japanese americans to serve in the military um so they wouldn't be locked in the camps and stuff germans and italians we were at war with them too they didn't experience any of that and i think that's very representative of how white europeans had assimilated into american society and they were considered and viewed as american yeah where asians in in this exists even nowadays especially the japanese they were foreigners and they were not considered real Americans. And I think that's something for people to really take away from because people still have this notion within themselves and you see it all the time in microaggressions towards Asians. To imply someone's not from here just because they don't look the same as you or because you think that all Asians are going to talk with an accent. They don't know English. They, yes. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people are like, well, not all. I don't think that. But a lot of people who tend to be of that camp of like, well, not all of us are like that. They do that same thing. That's why it's called the microaggression. I don't think the point of me saying this is to make people feel guilty. I just want you to be self-aware. Yeah. Of what you're doing.
0: That's actually something I talked about in my last episode that went up yesterday, but last week when this airs. There's nothing wrong necessarily with recognizing those things in yourself. I had to recognize inside that I had some internal biases. You just work on them. Recognize that they're there and then recognize they where they came from. You learned it from society. You learned it from your parents. And then we actively work against that. It's not that hard and it shouldn't be shameful it's just something you need to work on
1: Mm-hmm. exactly and i think that's the thing is when you're used to being the status quo and you don't have to think about that stuff or oh do you know who amanda seals is i do not oh girl <laughs> girl all right have you seen the show insecure no oh girl oh girl oh my god <laughs> am i I'm, canceled I'm flip <laughs> the table over um no but she um okay so manda seals is on a show called insecure she's a comedian she's dope she just had a special come out on hbo called i be knowing y'all need to go on hbo go right now and check out my girl because she is hilarious her mother's from Grenada. Her father's from Roxbury, Boston. But she, ta- she's like a light-skinned woman, but she's got two black parents and she like talks about her experiences and she just talks about so-, so much. And one thing that she talks about in her stand-up is she's like, at the threat of death, there's been systems in place to protect white people and specifically white women. Because of that, now we see this manifest in that, a lot of people are very fragile. It's like either it comes out in anger or, you know, crying or anything like that when you try to tell them about their problematic behaviors. And I think it's that same notion of people don't want to be self-aware. They just don't want to be inconvenienced, you know, Yeah. because they haven't been forced to do that. Whereas like women of color, people of color, our entire experience is being inconvenienced essentially You know, now that we're talking about it more and it's seeming like the table's going to have to be turned a little bit, that's where people are like, it's going to be the end of white people, which is just nuts to me. I'm like, how are we going to that extreme? I think if you just look at it and you're just like, let me be self-aware about my own biases and check that. And figure out why a lot of people don't want to do that work and figure out why. I mean, James Baldwin had a great quote. He was just like, he said there, he was talking in an interview about why there hasn't been much progress in terms of the civil rights movement. And he was just like, because white people would have to look at themselves and ask themselves, why was it important for me to have a slave? Why was it important for there to be this other group that I could look down upon? And people don't want to do that work. That's scary. (sighs) I know. What what do you even say to that?
0: (laughs) It's all sometimes it's just really tiring thinking about all these things because a lot of it is
1: just fear and hysteria Mm -hmm. and I don't know where it comes from. Oh. Uh, Well, it comes from certain things. I mean, a lot of times it's just needing a scapegoat. Yeah. The Chinese were literally blamed for the Great Depression. That's
0: true. I just don't know how people can see the world around them and come to these conclusions. Like, I understand hearing propaganda.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: But like, you have eyes of your own. Here's the thing.
1: I think that when society isn't going good, when the economy isn't getting going good, it's convenient for white people to blame the people of color who are on welfare to just have, again, that scapegoat people who can't fight back to blame illegal immigrants because they're leeching off our system to blame legal immigrants because they're leeching off our system, even though my father, who immigrated here legally, by the way, and is a green card holder he had to swear on court in court that he would never be on welfare that he would never accept government aid that he could never accept food stamps do you know how scary that must be because my father knew that he had it's just if you agree to that the asian honor system is that is what you agree to so even there were times where i was eating lettuce and mayonnaise sandwiches yeah, that's not I can understand that's that. not great, you know, and that's just what makes me so angry sometimes about, you know, one society, but also the fact that Asian Americans are not speaking out because there is a lot that happens and a lot that has happened again that I've seen in my father's face. I grew up with one white parent. I have seen people get treated differently. Like, this isn't me just inferring and basing my ideas off of what society is telling me to think and trying to find a reason why things ain't happening. Yeah, My father's always found ways to make things happen. Like, you can always find a way. But is it fair that he had to go around the tree, up the mountain, under the mountain, and then around this way and that way rather than just walking the straight line? It's
0: not. And I'm not Asian American, but I have friends who are and... I've heard so many stories of my mom worked herself to the bone doing this. My parents opened this restaurant and they worked 20 hours a day. You know, just insanity because yeah, they wanted their children to prosper. And that's what they had to do in this country. And that's, exactly. it, it's insane.
1: Yeah. And that brings us to the model minority myth. And this is why I think there's such a divide between Asians and Blacks. And I think, you know, part of it is... A colorism thing yeah but also i think it's this model minority myth because it's rooted in anti-blackness yes and we all know anti-blackness kills and it won't go and this model minority myth won't go away because this divides us you know how powerful our issues could be like When we have instances in history, when our groups have come together, that has been where we have seen the most change. Yes. And I think that's really important that we need to bring that back and we need to discuss it. And look at how powerful, I mean, even just an image like recently when the cast of Crazy Rich Asians and Black Panther took a photo together, how powerful was that image for some of us?
0: It's one of those things that shouldn't be such a big deal when you think about it, but then in historical context, it's massive. It is. And then it is. It shouldn't be so crazy Mm -hmm. that a group of Asians and a group of Black people got together and took a picture together. But it is. And I think you're right. Maybe... There's a part of it where we've been pitted against Mm -hmm. each other, our communities.
1: Yeah. And the model minority myth, you know, it considers Asian Americans a monolith, right? What that essentially means is people believe that we have no issues with socioeconomic stability. Most of my friends are people of color to be honest with you. And most of them are black people. And I can't tell you how much educating I've had to do to some of my friends who just assume certain things about me. Yeah. And then they're shocked and they're like, oh my God, wait, you had duct tape holding up your bathroom for half your life? (laughs) Yeah, no, like, okay, my landlord, my dad rents this house. And then when people find out, like, my dad can't afford to buy a house, people are like, what? Oh, my God. And it's, just, it's another thing. But anyway, so the landlord had knocked out the ceiling and again... My father, being the model minority suffer in silence Asian man, did not complain about it for years because he was afraid the landlord would lift the would raise the rent. So, oh
0: my gosh,
1: my dad taped the bathroom ceiling.
0: That that, that sat on so many different levels,
1: girl. Yeah, and like and then the other bathroom upstairs was was right above it, and the pipes broke once, and I just remember like I can't even use the the shower downstairs now because I'm just scarred because there was like at one point poop and oh leak into the tub yeah it was not great I'm, this is very <laughs> tmi but anyway but yeah it means that people believe we have no issues with socioeconomic right. stability and it furthers this idea that we don't need any resources or support or so our programs go underfunded or ignored i.e programs like keeping the sites of the internment camps up and running and well-maintained all of this it has only led to the creation of the invisible asian in the west yeah a a fun fact the income inequality among Asian Americans is higher than any other racial group in the U.S. Asians in the top 10% of income distribution earn 10.7 times as much as Asians in the bottom. So the poor are not making any gains, and the poor are the Cambodian refugees who came who came here after we dropped bombs and destroyed literally half of Cambodia during the Vietnam War.
0: Well, and we have the big influx of Hmong people as well. Mm-hmm. From yep. all yeah, I grew up
1: with a lot of Hmong. Yeah. Exactly. And then the Vietnamese that ended up coming here. You know, so the model minority myth suggests we are all the same and that we have no problems, that we face no discrimination. And that has not only placed pressure on the youth to excel, it doesn't fully reflect our achievements as a group. And at the end of the day, it's honestly just, I think, a device meant to divide us from other people of color. That's why we have these arguments about Asians not being people of color, which is crazy because we were literally referred to as the yellow peril.
0: And I think it's also limiting what Asian American is to a a certain region of Asia.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: It's ignoring the fact that this includes Southeast Asians who are darker and West Asians who are, some of them, darker.
1: Yeah, let's, let's talk about West Asia for a second. We know the Muslim ban, which is currently active, and it's, you know, obviously bans Immigration from certain countries that mm-hmm. are heavily Muslim, and a couple West Asian countries and Asian countries that are actually on that list: Iran, Syria, North Korea. A lot of people don't even know Iran and Syria are actually Asian countries. By the way, all the like, like Pakistan, Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, like all the Stan countries, they are part of Asia. It's India continent. <laughs> yep. Do you know how many people live in India? A lot. <laughs> it's wild yes it's wild that people are like wait are indians actually asian oh my god like lebanese people are considered west asian like there's so asia literally and is the largest continent in the world and people are like oh what's the difference you know between koreans and Japanese, aren't you all just Asians? They're well Chinese actually isn't
0: it and these are all like the
1: North That's just <laughs> East Asian. Yeah. That's just East Asian. There's like a whole rest of the continent to consider. And conveniently everyone likes to leave out the ones that are brown. Yep. And I'm not just talking about white people. Asians do that shit too. And we we really need to check that and we need to talk about that a lot more because Honestly, if we as a unit, and I'm talking all as- Asians, East Asians, West Asians, South Asians, Southeast Asians, whatever. The
0: Filipinos, we haven't forgotten you.
1: Oh, no, my Filipinos, y'all. <laughs> a-, a lot of my good friends are, are Filipino. I- I- I lo- they have the greatest food. So good. It is delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah, like so good. I mean, Asians in general, we just have really good food. I mean.
0: And that is why we let you people be here to <laughs> have
1: all the in the <laughs> Oh my God. But really, honestly, it'd be like that sometimes. I know. <laughs> but yeah, but if we could come together as a whole unit and acknowledge each other and talk about our own issues within our community, but also understand how we have been pitted against each other, we could literally turn this bitch up. Excuse my language. I think I've sworn already though. <laughs> but we <laughs> literally, and- I think there's something very powerful. All right. Well, you can find me. Are you, are you closing my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all I'm get really getting
0: revved up. Okay. Um Okay, here we are. <laughs> this is you're listening
1: to some kind of soap? <laughs> no, 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 that sounds terrible. No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally I'm totally kidding, guys. Canada, please I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um Where can we find you? <laughs> um you can find me at asian Sof, asian underscore sof on instagram you can also find me at mixed present spelled just the way it's supposed to be spelled m-i-x-e-d-p-r-e-s-e-n-t We post a lot of content on there, not just about being mixed, but in terms of being an ally for everybody, that's a big mission for us. And we got a huge, massive, big project coming out that we're hoping is going to be a next large chapter for the mixed community and also just the POC community in general
0: yes fingers crossed
1: yes and uh i was just on a podcast that podcast that dropped today which
0: will be last week because this is airing on may 8th oh gotcha
1: cool yeah uh now i don't know if you know her she's called the yellow ranger she's also a mixed asian girl
0: uh somehow we have avoided each other you should check her out
1: Link on my page. Go check it out. Um, her podcast is called You Had Me at Yellow. Um, her name is Lo. Well, Lauren, but Lo. And she is known as the Yellow Ranger. And she is Filipino and European mix. So all my brown Asians right up in there we just had a really great discussion on being mixed asian but you know also we touch a lot on our experiences with the black community and again bringing that message again about unifying and coming together as one and talking about our experiences stay woke fam
0: <laughs> this this has been some kind of soap <laughs> you can find me at some kind. Of <laughs>
1: oh i love you nat
0: I love you too You know what? Uh, This is coming out on May 8th, and it's my birthday. So we'll just say for my birthday, you
1: should go to our podcast. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. (laughs) I'm not a singer. Happy birthday. We sing it the real way, (laughs) y'all.
0: One year closer to 30. I'll be twenty eight. I
1: don't care. Thirty seems fine. Oh wait, are you older than me? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm twenty six. Oh, I thought we I thought you were younger than me. Why? Is it the
0: face? Is my baby face?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you do have a baby face, but also you have like a of your voice is very um.
0: Yes, my voice is hype. I sound like a little girl. I know.
1: i feel like you have a soothing voice in a way because it's like nice to listen to whereas i'm over here literally yelling and saying ain't that bad a bitch every two seconds so
0: well, thank you you know if i cursed or said ain't that bad a bitch
1: it has no <laughs> impact <laughs> oh my god that was so funny see <laughs> that's what
0: happens when i try so i don't try Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know the end got a little crazy, but I couldn't help leaving it in there. I've been friends with Soph since she came on the show last year and our dynamics are, well, if you don't know by now, we're both crazy. So she is coming back next week with part two of our conversation. I will have all of her links to her social media in the show notes. Don't forget, I do have Patreon. Patreon. And merch, and there is a new design for Asian American Pacific Islander Month that is up now. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Some Kind of Brown. Thank you to Purple Planet for these to their song Love Life, and I'll see you next week with some more shades of brown or shades of Silk.
1: whichever one.